Simmons and welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen. This week we are joined by Henry Sether, co-founder of Misfits, which is the boundary-breaking snack brand which combines the functional and the delicious. So I was so intrigued about Misfits because I see it everywhere, I only ever hear good comments about it and it's just about to turn three years old and I was like I need to speak to this guy and work out what the secret is, how have they grown so fast and yeah what is the secret to the success? Which after recording I now know that the secret is the product market fit as the products are just so delicious and if that is the case then people are obviously going to buy it and it's obviously going to grow. Anyway, as well as talking all about misfits, we also touch on protein and Henry's diet. Henry Zether, co-founder of Misfits, the UK's fastest growing health and wellness brand with a range of plant-based products from protein bars to protein powder and protein cereal, with the most popular product being their bars. In January, they'll be turning three years old and they are already a transatlantic company through trading in the US. The growth really is incredible. Let's meet Henry. Henry, thank you so much for coming on. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Good, well, I'd like to start with a bit of an elevator pitch so you can kind of introduce yourself, like who you are and what you do. Sure, so my name is Henry Sether and I am the proud co-founder and CEO of Misfits Health. Misfits, we create boundary-breaking snacks. We push the boundaries of snacking to combine indulgence and health into a single bite. We've been going for about three years, and we take well-known love treats and apply what we call the Misfits formula. So we replace the dairy with the plant-based, the sugar with the protein, and the bland with the delicious. I love that. I mean, it's so amazing how something so delicious can actually be good for you. But we'll get onto that a bit later. But a tradition on the podcast is we have a bit of a quick fire round all about food. So, sweet or savoury? I'm going to have to go sweet. You have to say sweet. Yeah, I think so. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Oof. um, I think juicy burger, but it has to to be a a good one. Crisps or popcorn? Crisps. Ice cream or sorbet? Unfortunately, ice cream. Cook in or eat out? Uh, I think I think cook in unless it's a Nando's, then I can mm. then I can happily eat out every day. <laughs> and what's your favourite delivery? It's got to be Nando's, yeah. right? Yeah, you answered yeah, that. Yeah. So I want to kind of start at the beginning a little bit about you, kind of pre Misfits, and then why you started Misfits. Okay, so we've got to rewind a bit. Um, I was big into cars, so I sort of joined Aston Martin, worked there for three, four years um, in supply chain. My brain works, I'm quite numbers, ops, I'm quite a logical person, so I like I like puzzles and numbers and not, not you know, not so much words. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I was, I was working there, uh, really enjoyed it, learned a lot. It was my first job out of uni where I studied economics and I think just sort of understood the power of of, of people and supply chain and how 
you know, working together and, and, and building something that you all are super passionate about, how that can deliver something amazing. And for me, you know, Aston Martin, it's it's the pinnacle of 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 what um, of what an amazing product c- can be. And so, above all, I recognise the importance of just what an amazing product can do to a brand and a, and a business. And, and and so that taught me a lot. Uh, but ultimately, I was always big into health and fitness. I used to weight lift, bodybuild a little bit, um, not anymore. Uh, and that that was always my my passion outside of work. And I consumed a lot of a lot of snacks. I consumed a lot of functional snacks, and and I sort of had this epiphany hypothesis. I think it's a lot clearer now when you look back at it. You know, when I was there, I didn't sort of think about it in the same same train of thought as I do now. But I think it was consuming these snacks, and I recognised that these are great functional snacks that can replace a lot of the crap and artificial stuff in 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 my diet but for whatever reason it was only really being consumed by you know the 100 kilogram gym guys in the back of these dark gyms and and over time my sort of hypothesis was a lot of these functional attributes you know will become mainstream and norm like so many things that start off niche and end up mass this was this was one of them and, and I think above all the products I was consuming they could be better but I think also they needed to be better and making health uh, accessible and enjoyable to all is, is is really important to to the journey and, and ultimately why Misfits exists and, and, and what we do so um, yeah this is around 2017 that uh, I, I was talking to my friend about uh, who, who's now my co-founder Jacob about basically sports nutrition and, and how it needs to belong more in the mainstream so we set about starting a, a brand called Misfits um, and we launched that in 2017 it was more female focused theory being that industry was was really targeted towards men so let's go the other end of the spectrum we were super young uh, and it was much more sports nutrition protein powder and we had a lot of fun for the first year, 18 months. Um, and I think within within sort of 18 months of launch, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, mm, not really. This is not really our, um, our, our sort of business that we're super passionate about. Uh, so we took a bit of time out and then thought, you know what? We can stay in, you know, the food space. There's a, you know, there's a lot of learnings we can take from it. And ultimately, the hypothesis of still trying to make stuff that belonged in the niche gym, you know, extreme world, mass market still existed. So we we did a lot of data research, etc., and, and really landed on what you see in front of you now, which is the future, the future snacking company. It's it's plant based snacks, um, and so we launched this in Jan of twenty twenty. Uh, so just under, coming up to our third birthday, and it's uh, it's been a been a bit of a sprint ever since. But, Literally, yeah. You guys seem everywhere. Like when I was doing my research, I couldn't believe that it's only been well nearly three years. It's just you guys have grown so quickly. But I think it's so interesting because, as you're mentioning, like all these functional foods were kind of consumed at the back of the gym. That's so true because I have never been a kind of protein bar consumer because I feel like 
a lot of the recently so much has changed in the space but before it was all very like masculine like muscle and like big and you're like oh no that's not for me that's not for me whereas something like these bars it's so welcoming to everyone like even if you're not a massive gym goer you will consume this because it's got so many benefits for you so I think it's yeah it's so so great and also the bit about pivoting I think that's so important because you learn so much as you mentioned and also you kind of learn so much about that niche market that you were in and then you're like actually this shouldn't be just women it should be like everyone so um so yeah no I think it's I think it's so great and how have you grown so quickly because it has been rapid it has been rapid uh how have we grown I think that the quick answer is product market fit um it's it's sort of testament to what I always stand by which is you, you've got to get your product right and um when we launched it in January 2020 we had no idea it would it would just sort of take off and and really solve that sweet spot that people were looking for which was combining vegan functional and and indulgence all in one um but all our customers the the, the thing they all have in common is that taste is 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 key and and that will always be be the case but um yeah, I think it, it was just true product market fit, and we we fought to keep up with demand. We recognised the kind of consumers that were enjoying it, and and where those consumers shop, when they shop, how frequently they shop, and sort of built the business around that. Mm. Obviously, COVID came along. COVID put health at the front of everyone's mind. Yeah. Um. So we were born kind of in COVID. So people often ask, "Do you think COVID helped?" Like, I don't know. No, don't um, know. The truth is, it, it, you know, we we did we did blow up over those over the, like, those couple of years, but it, I wouldn't know where we would be without it. Mm. Um, but yeah, COVID, you know, it was it was a, a tough time, you know, on on a personal level and professional level for for a lot of people. But yeah, it really did put health at the forefront and, and put everyone shopping online, and, and that's what we were doing. Yeah. So um, it, that and the product and and the channels we were selling in it just yeah did well yeah I think it's really interesting actually like the the effect of COVID on consumers and like where what they look for now because I think everyone was super health conscious when during COVID obviously we were all kind of everyone who didn't gym started to gym everyone who didn't look about what they were eating started to look into what they were eating and I think now even if you weren't before you're you're looking at foods in a different way and I was reading an article and they were saying that people don't want to eat kind of like empty calorie food now like they want food with functional benefit because they know that it's out there and they know more about their bodies and more about food um so i guess that's kind of where you guys fit in as well yeah well there's there's an interesting stat that during 21 2021 to 2022 healthy snacking on google search terms grew by 62 percent and at the same time regular snacking uh dropped by 30 percent and that's kind of testament to what what you're what you're saying it's reflective of of what was in people's front of mind um and we often refer to internally we talk about the future shopper a lot because we're not necessarily we're trying to build a a very big business right to really have have a a powerful um movement and impact on on the world we got to be a big business right um and we talk about what the future shopper wants and looks for and, and they are increasingly 
of course, looking for tastier and more convenient, right? That's always what they want. But it's the it's the healthy attributes that increasingly customers are looking for, and and that healthy con- that health conscious consumer is really driving this this category forward. Mm. And that's that's why Misfits does well because we tick the attributes that that health conscious consumer is looking for. Yeah. Um, and then it comes down to taste as well, right? They, they've they've got to enjoy the taste. That's that's a given. But we are vegan, high protein, low sugar, and gluten free and many more high fiber etc and we will always be that whatever product we apply our formula to that will always be the case and and over time people will, will recognize misfits for those um for those traits and that that's what we're sort of trying to build into our into our products so that we can appeal to the future shopper and really really grow yeah no definitely i think consumers do have really high expectations now like it's not just oh great that tastes nice like it's always got to be gluten-free high fiber low sugar high protein like consumers are looking for that now so it's yeah it is it is perfect so was original misfits plant-based or did you change um when you pivoted did you change it to be plant-based like what was the decision over that um original misfits was not plant-based and it is now uh why do we change it look i think even between 2017 and 2019 a lot changed we by being in the industry we learned a lot about what consumers wanted and I think we started looking at what consumers wanted tomorrow rather than today mm. and increasingly consumers are skeptical and, and rightly question and mistrust a lot of brands and I think for us well there's a lot look, there's a lot of small dynamic agile brands in the space being small dynamic and agile you you get to really look at eye level with your consumer and that's that's quite powerful building that level of of sort of honesty and and, Mm. and candidness so um yeah that's that was really important for us as well and and we we recognized that plant-based was just a big a big thing that they wanted to see yeah definitely and i feel like you guys have a big kind of influencer community has that been quite a massive part of misfits kind of growing so quickly Yes, yeah, yeah. influencers um, have been very powerful. I think now more than ever, marketing, taking a, a holistic approach, all these different channels, they sort of work work um, powerfully, more powerfully together than, than they do sort of in silo. So um, influence has definitely been one of the more powerful, but, but we do use mm. a variety of channels. Yeah, I guess they're kind of like brand ambassadors in a way. So they're kind of like advocates of the Misfit brand, which I think is really nice. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Influencers, you can often think influencers are the people on your Instagram with, with big big followings or whatever, but, you know, they can be your friend or, or, or your family member or, or whatever it is, and they're influencing your, your, your purchasing. And increasingly, a referral from a friend is is more powerful than any kind of advertising. So... Um, it all comes back to product right creating a good product that your your consumers want to talk about off their own back Mm -hmm. to their friends to their family is the most powerful reference you can ever have and then of course the influencers the sort of the more macro the more commercial relationships they build on build on on that as well yeah no definitely i think that's so true i think sometimes especially for example with greedy vegan when you're i'm trying to kind of market it 
obviously you kind of think, right, I need to get it into some big influencers' hands. But actually, some of the micro-influencers are so powerful as well because although they may have 2,000 followers, like those 2,000 are really, really going to listen to what they have to say and they're really, really supportive. So whether your brand ambassador is your mum or whether it's like a massive influencer, at least they're kind of promoting you to their friend and their, their friend. So I guess, yeah, it's a really great way to kind of grow. Yep. And my mum is, yeah, she's a, a big she, brand ambassador. Is she, which is her She'll favorite. tell anyone who's listening. Oh, no, I think that's so good. I think your my mum is exactly the same. Like, they've got a back key. Otherwise, yeah, you've got no hope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, So I want to touch on, like, the competitors in the space. Because I think, because, like, kind of post-COVID, again, everyone's kind of wanting these high-performance products. And I feel like a few have kind of cropped up. Who would you kind of say are your main ones and how would you kind of differentiate yourself between them? Sure. Um, so look, I think the first thing to say is in, in food, there's relatively low barriers to entry. So there's just a lot of competition. But I think the amazing thing about food is there's so many small, medium and big. Um, and we all have different, you know, different skill sets, different um, USPs, etc. cetera. Uh, right now in the sort of true... If you're looking at just protein bar space, there's loads, you know, Grenade, Fulfill, Bear Bells are some uh, some of the bigger brands, etc. But really, like, we're we're sort of pioneering health, healthier snacking. And so we also look to, you know, Kind and Cliff as, as examples. And they're huge businesses um, out of the US, billions plus. Um, and I think they all in their time found that sweet spot of balancing indulgence and health and, and sort of really nailed exactly what the healthy snacker wants and increasingly that's what we're trying to to really find what that future healthy healthy snacker wants to really grow at scale but yeah plenty of plenty of competition i i, I love the competition i i sort of very seldom talk down on it on a competitor because i think it's so it's so much better to look at what they do well and see how you can how you can integrate that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good products in the space, and you know, Misfits is trying to do it in a slightly different way and make it a bit more mass market and take mm-hmm. it away from the gym. Um, and we've got a very powerful brand in association with Misfits, and it's all about nonconformity and and sort of being your own self. And I think that's a big reason why people love us and we have such a loyal community because they recognize that you know it's much more than just a product it's it's a it's a brand and a story that goes with it and a, and a community mm. so yeah plenty of plenty of competitors but we've just got to focus on what what we do and and also recognize what the rest of the market is is doing and if there's some particularly good stuff you know think about how we can how we can um leverage some of that yeah definitely I think what you just said is so true like when I look at Misfits I don't I see it as a brand and a brand you don't want to buy into because it's trendy it's cool it's cool to be eating it it's cool to be seeing it with in your hand I think also it kind of it doesn't it's very inclusive like it doesn't exclude anyone who might not be a big gymmer it's kind of like it looks like a really tasty snack that's healthy for you it's not like oh I'm gonna have this because I need it because I've just like done a Barry's workout it's like no no no. you can have that whenever whereas I think some of the other competitors might be a bit more harsh in the branding for example like I quite like the kind of soft colors that you guys use like all of those like pastels and stuff it's quite I know it's quite easy and reassuring to a consumer 
Um, so yeah, no, I think it's I think it's really great. So when you guys have grown so quickly, as you guys have grown so quickly, what's been one of the most like one of the biggest challenges that you faced in doing so? Oof. How long you got? <laughs> I, know. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure every day's got its challenges, but I think we are. So we we are sell a lot in the UK and the US so we're, we're transatlantic um, that comes with its difficulties of especially during COVID with immensely long lead times trying to serve both markets um, so that's that's tough I think I always I always say this when you know if three years ago someone's told me we you know we'd be doing this many bars a week and this kind of money and I'm like wow you know that's incredible right but then what I've realized as you get bigger is it's kind of like going to the gym and as you get stronger, the weights just get heavier. It doesn't necessarily get easier. And as you get bigger, the problems get bigger. The, the, the cost of those problems get far bigger. They happen quicker. Um, more people to manage, more responsibility. So don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good that comes with it as well. Um, but yeah, it definitely doesn't get easier as you get bigger. And you need to be, you need to have a very clear strategy and, and sort of, I say it quite a lot, but but relentlessly prioritise. Mm. Um, sometimes, you know, to the detriment of, of saying no to a lot of opportunities, but you do have to be maintain focus. Um, otherwise, there's a lot of you know a lot of problems that can arise if you if you spread yourself too thin. But but yeah, for us, um, you know, we've been trying to keep up with a lot of the demand over the last two three years, and so I will say that we've had, been fortunate that a lot of good problems. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, a lot of good problems to continue. But um, we've got a, an amazing team, and through having the right human and capital resource in place, just make sure you got to you can you can overcome a lot of the problems that come your way. Mm, no, for sure. And how? Because you mentioned like you're in the US as well, which again, the fact that you've grown this much in the UK and you're in the US, like it's just huge. So, how would you say the UK? and the US consumer differs because I do think we are different consumers and I know speaking to some other brands in the space some brands struggle to go to the US because it's, it's a different wavelength over there so how's it been for you guys and how do you think we differ sure so the US is actually now um, overtaking the UK for us so it's, it's a it's a look if you just zoom out the US is five times the size of, of, of the UK in terms of population and, and probably two, three X in terms of health IQ. So the opportunity is 10, 15 X what, what the UK is. Um, and the consumer, you know, our data shows that actually the UK and the US consumer like the same sort of flavors. Um, I think the US consumers, their taste profile is, is different. Um, if you go to the US and taste a lot of their, snacking bars the uk products are in my opinion a lot tastier like you know some of the products you see in you know the sainsbury's tesco's the average one they do taste good mm. um in the us i'm always amazed by some of the the products that that make it onto shelf and, and their taste so um it is a different taste profile uh we're still learning about you know do they want a, a bigger bar higher protein less protein um, but I think what's what's super important is is the brand resonates very well there, um, and that sort of standing out from the crowd, being yourself, community led approach, is working. 
you know, we're still in the grand scheme of things, a, a drop in the ocean, right? We're still super small. So we're learning um, and we recognize that there, there probably are nuances to come as we get more and more mass market and bigger. So we're just sort of keeping our our ears to the ground and, and being very data led in, in what we do and don't do with our both our product and brand. Mm. Um, but increasingly, I think it's important when you think of a brand, it's just try and try and be global in your approach. Um, and you know so we don't have separate instagrams etc we you know we talk to everyone like they're people not necessarily different because they're from this country or that city or whatever mm, yeah that's so nice and i think it's so true like if you're not thinking globally straight away then you're already re- restricting yourself by some by quite a bit um so the fact that you guys are already in the us and it's been not even three years is pretty incredible so well done for that so I now want to touch on protein because obviously that's a big part of the misfits and what's in the bars. How important, obviously everyone knows we should all have protein in our diets, but how important is protein on our physical and mental health? Sure. Um, so protein is, is it's a macronutrient. Um, you need it to survive. You need it to thrive. Uh, it's in your skin, hair, nails. It's the building blocks of, of um muscle tissue etc so yeah it's it's 100 um a necessary macronutrient uh and then in terms of like how much you need it varies in terms of lifestyle probably anywhere between one to two grams per kilogram is like a rough guide uh obviously the the, the more active you are close to the two grams and, and, and inversely with the one gram um and then it's about you know the quality of the protein, the breakdown of that amino acid, etc. Uh, but increasingly, I think data shows that consumers are uh, recognizing that this is not just a macro that has become synonymous with the gym, but actually everyone needs it. And there's just so many different ways to consume it, and it's not necessary just through uh, a protein bar, or whatever. Right? It can be through eggs, milk. It can be you know your meats. Um, but in general, a plant-based diet um, can typically, uh, you do typically consume less less protein because you don't have a lot of the meats available to you, etc. So, you know, our consumers, which are made up of a lot of flexitarians or vegans or whatever, um, they they do look to our, our products because it's got that high protein content. Um, but I think what's so important is just taking protein away from the gym and making it just recognize that it is just a, a macronutrient that you need to survive and, and, and thrive in life. And we have it in our bar because we recognize that the future shopper and in their search for healthy attributes wants protein because they recognize the importance of it. So that's why it's such a core a core part of, of our, one of our USPs and calls, call outs um, because we are building a snack that the future future shopper wants and and they are increasingly after protein Mm, i think it's so true and i think we have learned so much as consumers about protein recently or in the last couple of years because i know that it used to be my brother was having protein shakes for example and i was like well that's not for me because i don't need that whereas i have protein shakes now because i realize i am plant-based i don't probably consume well it's not as easy for me to consume the enough protein if I was on a, an animal product diet so I do have protein sheets because I do need it because protein is important and I think yeah it's really good to kind of make sure that consumers get that protein fix um yeah. and I've been I, you know 
previous business, this business, this business protein was also a big, uh, was always a big macronutrient. And the amount of times people would say is, oh, I don't want a shake or a bar or whatever, because, you know, I don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I, I promise you, if, if it was as easy as just eating one of them and you get to look like Arnie, I would, <laughs> I would, yeah, I would be eating it all the time. But it's, it's got, it's nothing to do with that. It's, it's um, so necessary to your day to day life. And, you know, I'm not trying to flog the bars right you can get it from all kind of sources and some people very feel, feel very passionate that you know you don't need the supplements or whatever and if you're getting it from other sources great this is just a, a convenient um tasty package that you can get x amount of, of of protein in um and that appeals to a lot of people mm, no definitely and one thing that i am super curious about is the fact that there's like one gram or th- maybe even one to three grams of sugar, which is like nothing. How can it taste so good and still have very little sugar in it? Sure. Um, so yeah, we, we sort of, as coming back to my first point that I made, it's it's about the Misfits formula of, of replacing the sugar with with, with protein in, in, in your normal confectionery products. So um, for us, we use fibers and, and sweeteners and naturally sweet um ingredients the, so you don't need the sugar mm. um look it's not as sweet as your cadbury dairy milk or, or whatever it's not um but it is it is still a sweet product and um we do that through the use of, of sort of fibers and sweeteners and clever clever tinkering in in the product lab yeah no amazing i mean if it tastes so good and you don't need to have all the sugar then that's that's a perfect formula which sounds yeah which sounds great and you guys have obviously diversified into other products like what else is there for misfits going forward or yeah how else are you kind of going to diversify the product range sure we're pretty focused on the bar the bar is is um it's what you'd call our hero product um and drives a lot of the business business forward and, and awareness but the future of misfits is is healthy snacking creating boundary breaking snacks and, and taking well-known love treats and applying the misfits formula so you know you would have seen we have a cereal product so taking a well-known love product and and making it plant-based making it low sugar high protein um and then there's lots of other exciting stuff to to come out in, in the next few months which is along the same theme of taking you know your well-known loved confectionery items and and doing what we do best but but the bar is um is definitely the, the the main focus. Uh, we don't want to spread ourselves too thin, and and um, we're sort of targeting UK and US, and and really getting behind the bar. Yeah, no, amazing. So I now want to touch on your personal diet. So obviously, Misfits is plant based, but does that mean that you're plant based, or has it instead made you more aware? Where do you kind of stand on it? Sure, I get asked this a lot. <laughs> um, I am not. I'm not plant based. Um, I try and have a pretty healthy, varied diet. Um, try my best, but work work quite hard. Have an active active life. So, um, but I think when it comes to snacking, uh, I I do try and remove a lot of the dairy from from my product. Uh, not just Misfits products, but just in general. I don't yeah. just snack on Misfits, believe <laughs> it or not. Um, so yeah, I think sort of. Uh, snacking I, I avoid avoid dairy and then 
team are pushing me to do Veganuary, so I'm going to do that. Amazing. Give it a go um, and see, yeah, see how far I get. If, like Henry, you are contemplating Veganuary 2023, then please check out Greedy Vegan. We can help you by sending you the plant-based alternatives to your favourite products, along with recipe cards to inspire your cooking. Check out www.greedyvegan.uk for all the products we stock and we deliver straight to your door. Just send you a Greedy Vegan box that will help you on your way. 100%. <laughs> no, I think it's great. Like, I think everyone is definitely aware of it. I mean, people, it doesn't work for everyone. And if the whole world went plant-based, it wouldn't be a great place either. So I think it's great that even if it means people snack on plant-based snacks rather than their Cadbury's or kit kats or whatever then that's that's a great shift to have and what about like milk in general like have you cut out dairy altogether or is it more just kind of like snacking that you're more aware of it um i'd say it was more just snacking i'm quite i i quite like my food um and so there's not a lot i don't say i, I say no to so um yeah i think it's just about balance like for you know i've for years i've i've weight trained um i've used to bodybuild a little bit in in the early years and then now to this day weight training weightlifting and, and a crossfit and i ultimately do it so i can because I, I love my food mm. um and it's it's one of my biggest pleasures in life so i i weight train and i exercise so i can enjoy um pretty much uh anything i i, I want to uh within reason so yeah it's about balance and enjoying life and if if food gives me a lot of lot of enjoyment then then um i typically say yes to it yeah no a hundred percent like there's no point eating something that you don't even enjoy like that just sounds so depressing so i'm completely with you there well on that topic our tradition on the podcast as well is to always end with a final question which would be what is your last meal so starter main course dessert can be from anywhere, anyone's cooking, any restaurant, whatever. Oh God, I haven't prepped this. I know it's really hard, and it probably changes on a daily basis. But yeah, right here, I'm right now, regret it. what? what Can would I it start be? in reverse because I'm very yes. confident. So dessert would have to be apple crumble and custard. Oh, good one. Yeah, yeah, I'm a real sucker for for yeah, just be custard with a bit of apple crumble probably. Heaven. Have you been to Humble Crumble? I'm no, sure. should I? Unreal. It's in really? Borough Market and Spitfields. And they are basically an apple crumble stand. It's really? insane. Okay, I'll have to give it a go. Um, starter, I'd probably go for, you know, I'd sort of do the Italian style and have a pasta for starter. Yeah. So some sort of penne arrabbiata mm. style um, with, uh, with a bit of extra spice. And then main course, um, oof, main course maybe... I was going to say some sort of pasta dish, but I've already had that for starter. So, yeah, yeah, I think it probably would be, it probably would be some sort of lasagna. So back-to-back pasta. Amazing. But I can go vegan lasagna. We'll do it. We'll do do it. We'll do it. We'll do vegan lasagna um, and give it a go. That's kind of quite a veggie vegan. I mean, there will be cheese on the pasta, but that's quite a veggie yeah last meal yeah yeah, no and a few misfits in between each course yes of course a snack in between and what's your favorite flavor um it's got to be the speculus yes flavor so um it's kind of like our spin of biscoff really nice and that's that's probably our 
pretty much been our best seller since we launched it and for good reason it, it is a very good good product amazing well thank you so much i think it's really interesting to hear the misfits journey how you guys have grown so quickly i mean it's just crazy i wish really vegan could grow a bit like that um but i think you guys have done an incredible job so well done and thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me it's been been a pleasure thank you guys so much for listening and i hope you enjoyed hearing the inside scoop on the fastest growing uk snack brand if you haven't tried a misfits bar now is your time and i think speculoose is the one to try first Thanks again and have a lovely rest of your day.